This is Anchor LA, a podcast presenting world headlines, technology news, arts and data, and encouragement from the Praise Light Media Studios in Panorama City, California. Good day, it's Wednesday, the 8th of November, 2017. On this week's podcast, Amazon Fresh pulls out of several markets. And in light of Sunday morning's tragic event in Texas, we present a special extended edition of the Anchor LA Challenge, focusing on how we should respond when things like this one occur. But first, this week's headline story. 26 people were killed and about 20 wounded, when a gunman stormed the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas, on Sunday during worship services at the church. In an attack that has yet to be analyzed for motive, Governor Greg Abbott called Sunday's attack the worst mass shooting in Texas history. It came on the 8th anniversary of a shooting at the Texas Fort Hood, where 13 people were killed and 31 others wounded by a former U.S. Army major. Those killed in Sunday's church shooting ranged in age from an unborn baby to 77 years old. And we ask ourselves why. Why and how can these things continue to happen, even in what may consider the most sacred of places in a church where people worship God? How can a good God exist and rule in a world where this happens? That's what we're going to talk about in today's challenge. Amazon Fresh is scaling back its delivery regions. Many users in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, and California, as well as New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Virginia, have all received notices that their zones are no longer in the grocery delivery giant's coverage area. This also as Amazon-owned Whole Foods scales back and closes several stores. No word on why Amazon is making the backtrack on its cutting-edge services, but the company has made it clear the service will remain serving certain areas of big cities, such as New York City, Boston, and Chicago, as well as Philadelphia and Los Angeles, among other metropolises. With several other stores taking on the delivery model for groceries and other items, Amazon may be looking at more innovative ways to keep their customer base, but canceling services for thousands of customers doesn't look to be one of them. On a day that many churches had dubbed the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, thoughts may turn to churches facing persecutions overseas, but the reality is that no location is immune to the type of evil that we saw on Texas this past Sunday. And even if the motive was not directed towards the faith of those worshipping together, the outcome was the same. And so again, we ask ourselves why. We may not know the earthly reasons as to why, but we already know the answer from the biblical perspective given by God in his word. And we look at what the Bible defines as evil, because many who say that a good God can't rule and exist in a world with so much evil see things in an unbiblical light and miss the whole issue. First of all, we know that evil exists. Most people, including those who say that they believe in the inherent goodness of man, affirm the presence of evil. There is natural evil and moral evil. Natural evil is just that, it's natural. Natural disasters, plagues, and so on. 
Moral evil is personal inside of us and spiritual. It is wickedness, it's sin, it's transgression of God's law, his word. In 1 John 3 we read that everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Scripture is clear that the moral evil dominates human life. There is none righteous, not even one, Romans 3. There is also supernatural evil. This is demonic evil. This is a supernatural expression of evil against which we as Christians fight against. In Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness against these spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. 1 John 5 tells us that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Now, in addition to acknowledging the existence of evil, we also know that the God of the Bible exists. There is no other God but the God of the Bible. He is the true and only living God. Because he created the universe, he knows how it operates. He understands reality perfectly. He is all-knowing. He is good. He is loving. He is holy. He is sovereign, and he controls absolutely everything. Daniel 4 describes God as doing as he wills without question. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? Grace to You Ministries says this, Scripture clearly affirms the sovereignty of God. He has the right to govern the universe that he has made, and he does so. He has the right of the potter over the clay. He may mold that clay into whatever form he chooses, fastening out of the same lump whatever it is that he desires to fasten. He is under no law outside of himself. Isaiah 14 says the Lord has planned, and who can frustrate or disrupt it? And as for his stretched out hand, who can turn it back? This is the God of the Bible, the God who is in absolute control of everything, and nothing, not even sin and evil, can disrupt or derail his plan. God is also completely perfect. He is in no way touched by sin. He has never and will never be affected by evil. Taken together, those three facts, that evil does exist, that God is sovereign, and that he is utterly holy and righteous, they lead us to an inevitable conclusion that God, in his sovereign wisdom, allows evil to exist without himself being evil. As the final authority over all creation, God permits evil to exist, not merely with an unwilling acceptance, evil was part of his plan and an eternal decree. He has a purpose in it, and it's a good purpose. Al Mohler said this on the briefing from Monday morning's episode, As we're thinking about the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, we are reminded of the testimony of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4-9, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. This throws us back on the deepest resources of biblical Christianity. This pushes us back to understanding the attributes of God as revealed in Scripture, the attributes of his power and the attributes of his morality, his greatness and his goodness, his justice, his righteousness, and his mercy. We are also reminded of the fact that the only answer that Christians have is the answer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the only promise of making sense out of nonsense. Gospel is the only assurance of victory of good 
over evil. The gospel of Christ is the only promise of meaning and significance and satisfaction not only in this life, but in the life to come. Finally, in the face of this horrific tragedy, we must remember the words of the prophet Isaiah as he looked upon the sacrifice of the Messiah. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. As Isaiah 53. For Christians facing the honest immensity of this challenge of evil, this is really all we have to say. And here's our confidence. It is enough. Johnny Erickson Tata wrote this shortly after the church attack as well. We groan, we ache, we cry out to God to open heaven's gates and pour out his comfort and mercy on the people of Sutherland Springs. For today, every Christian is a citizen of that town. Every Christian is a member of that small Baptist church. May this tragedy shake us out of our spiritual slumber. May it be a wake-up call, an ice-cold splash in the faces of anyone who has toyed too long with the gospel. For our adversary is on the prowl. So may the blood of these precious martyred saints be the seeds which spark renewal in our churches and revival across our land. And may it begin with me and with you. Pray for the people of Sutherland Springs, and may we also pray for continued freedom to worship as long as possible. We know it cannot be much longer. For Anchor LA, I'm Ben Ditzel in Panorama City, California. Thanks for listening to Anchor LA on Twitter at Anchor LA Podcast and Facebook.com slash Anchor LA, where you can find links and information to various topics we cover on the show. Contact us anytime with questions or comments or call into our show directly on the Anchor app with input or suggestions. We'd always love to hear from you. Until next time from Panorama City, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Anchor LA.